Hello, everyone, and welcome to Third Eye with Lorelai. everybody and welcome back to another episode of Third Eye with Lorelai. I am Lorelai and today I am so excited to be bringing Rosalind Santos to the show who is a nurse like me but also an energy worker, a Reiki master, a psychic medium, a tarot reader, an all-around incredible woman who has this incredible story of awakening and I am so excited that she's here to talk about her journey today. Rosalind, how are you? I am wonderful. Thank you for having me. Yes, I am excited super excited. Yes. So you are also on Akasha Flicks with me. Mm-hmm. This is how we met. Yeah. And it was it was really great because I remember you actually reached out to me and you're like, hey, let's talk. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> And now we're just like, we, we just find all these beautiful similarities and connections. And I cannot wait for everybody else on my listener list to, to hear your amazing story. So let's start from there. Where, where did this all begin for you? What was your process of coming to spiritual awakening? Oh my gosh. Okay. So way back when it feels like so long ago now, so every time I talk about it, it's just like, Oh my gosh, that feels like ages and eons ago. So back in 2012, well, hold up. Let me go ahead and back up even further. So (laughs) I, yeah, because that's kind of like 2012 was kind of when everything just started. But I grew up in um, a religious cult my entire life. So I grew up as a Jehovah's Witness. Mm -hmm. Um, So all of this stuff with energy and tarot and everything like was totally not even in my scope, right? Everything was Bible, Bible, Bible. Mm. And um, grew up in a strict household, raised as an only child from, you know, immigrant parents. Um, And so I did, I did everything that I was told to do, you know, I believed everything I was told to believe in and and did it a hundred percent, right? Thinking, you know, as long as I followed the rules, followed what everyone said that I needed to do or to become, that everything would work out. Yeah. Right. So um, I went to nursing school, which even that <laughs> I didn't want to do. I actually mm-hmm. wanted to be in performing arts. Um, I used to do a lot of singing and dancing, and I wanted to go to LA and be in musicals. And my parents were like, no, you need to go to nursing school, <laughs> which is very, very, you know, typical of, you know, of the, the culture that I grew up in. So mm-hmm. I was like, you know, with some resistance, I caved in and was like, fine, that's what I'm going to do. Um, which, you know, I, I learned a lot, you know, I'm still a registered nurse. I've been a registered nurse for 
like what, 21 years, over 21 years now. So, um, you know, so it, and it's not that it was, it was all bad. I've learned a lot because there's a lot that I incorporate from my nursing experience into my healing work, but it was, it was what kind of just sustained me. Right. And, and I married in, I married someone in, in the religion Hmm. and, um, just, you know, kind of went in and I was really deep in, like, I was one of those people who was actually, you know, knocking on people's doors 70 hours a month. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> it was. So in the religion, it was like you, um, what I actually did was kind of get to what women in the religion would be considered probably the, the best that they can actually do. Um, mm-hmm. If I were to pull rank, that's kind of like, if you, the more service that you did, the more spiritual that people considered you to be. And I didn't do it necessarily for clout. It was like, I, I really wanted to do that because then they gifted you with more knowledge. Right. Oh, Um, yeah. (laughs) So, So anyway, um, into, you know, in, in, into just my, into my journey, I went, I moved from Illinois to Arizona because Illinois, I was born in Chicago and so I was raised in the Midwest and then moved out to Arizona. And then that's kind of when everything hit the fan. Um, And um, I was having a lot of issues in my marriage. Looking back retrospectively, a lot of that had more to do with the framework of the religion because you lived your life within this small framework, very restrictive framework. And, um, and there was, there was just a lot that happened. There was a lot of hypocrisy, um, and that I was starting to see, um, even in the relationship and, um, long story short with that, there was a lot of financial issues. My, my ex actually had a lot of health issues too. And eventually it's like, I just saw my life, like all I'm going to be doing is taking care of this man. Mm. Um, and I saw, I didn't see myself really going anywhere and that there was just this point where it was like, we would, I would talk and talk and talk about it. We would try to work things out. And it came to the point where we eventually separated. And, um, and then that's when everything changed because then he moved out of the apartment that we were in. He's like, Oh, you know, we'll rent a new house and, you know, um, I'll make things easier on you. And I just was like, I'm not going. And I I didn't quite even really know what I was doing at the time. It was just this very strong feeling of, I can't be in this relationship. I can't be in this religion ultimately. Mm. And, and that's kind of what it, what it really ended up being. It wasn't at the time, it felt like it was really more about the relationship and needing to, to break away from it. But looking back, a lot of it had to do with the religion and he was not going to leave it. Mm-hmm. So I basically just, I kind of sat on it and um, it took a while to file for divorce and then go through that whole, um, just go through the process. Yeah. But in the middle of all of that, I was still deciding, can I, can I break from the relationship and still be a part of the religion? And ultimately the answer was no. Yeah. Like I tried, I tried to go back. I was, and, and everyone was like hounding me, mm. you know, and, and that's kind of the thing too, when you're in, um, in tight quarters with just these people that you associate with, mm-hmm. they just, they want 
they want you to stay in like this is the way to go this is the way to be this is how to serve god this is how you're going to gain salvation and and it was really hard because it it really was like a mind fuck you know like mm-hmm. you you ultimately kind of believe like if i were to go i'm going to die you know like that and that was actually something that i had to deal with when i when i left so anyway i was like, okay, this, this is it. I'm not going to be a part of this religion anymore. And I, I ended up going into a depression and, um, started to go to therapy and started to kind of focus on myself when I start. And I thought they started to feel better, which I did. I did. Um, and, and then it wasn't until I ended up finalizing the divorce later on, moved out to Texas where I'm based now remarried and I got into custody issues, mm-hmm. which I didn't anticipate. So what happened was that I didn't necessarily get the best advice from the divorce, divorce lawyer that I had. And that is really when the shit hit the fan. So like in, in 2000, by this time, 2014 into 2015, the depression really, really, um, really got bad. Uh, to the point where I was suicidal and mm-hmm. was hospitalized for that and went through, you know, group counseling, individual counseling, medication after medication, which stopped working. And a psychotherapist or psychologist, I should say that I was seeing at the time said, you need to learn how to meditate because the CAT scans show that people's brains get better. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to do whatever, but I've never meditated before. So I went off on my own and did a short 10 minute body scan meditation and fumbled around with that was not, it was hard, right. Um, for anyone who starts meditating, it's difficult. And, but by the end of the two weeks, so I did it every day, even though I would have just incredibly shitty meditations, like I would, I would fall asleep. I would start laughing. You know, it was just, it was nuts. But by the end of the two weeks, because I stuck to it, that 10 minutes felt like two. And I was like, I actually felt pretty good. So I started to do more research into more of the neuroscience of it. And I ended up coming across Dr. Joe Dispenza's work, Mm. dove right into super long meditations, um, as I was reading his book on breaking the habit of being yourself, which was what really changed things for me and, um, fumbled around with that because that those were incredibly long and I would go, I would stop, I would start, I would stop, I would start. And I found out that like, I felt better when I did it. Mm. So because I was still dealing with depression and anxiety, I committed like every single night, nine o'clock, no one bother me. I'm going into my office. This is what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. And, um, I would do it. It was like an over an hour and 15 minutes. And, um, by the end of around five to six months, I was no longer clinically depressed, no longer had panic attacks. And like, I remember distinctly this moment where I was sitting in my oversized chair feeling great, mm-hmm. like, internally happy, no external stimuli. I was just sitting there smiling and my husband's like, what's going on? You know, and I'm like, I don't know. I just feel really good. Like just really, really good. And it, it was, it was such a noticeable difference even to him. Um, he started to meditate mm-hmm. with me at that time. So 
I mean, that was, that was fantastic. So what happened though, which was the real stunner to me is in that seventh month. Um, and by this time I had signed up to go to his retreat. I had abnormal vaginal bleeding for nine years that doctors couldn't do anything for saw like three to four different gynecologists. And they're all like, oh, I can't find anything. And it disappeared. Wow. So I was like, what happened? You know, like I did nothing different, did mm-hmm. nothing, didn't change my diet, nothing. All I did was meditate and start to feel emotionally better, mm-hmm. which obviously did something for the sacral, the sacral chakra, because, you know, it's been what over five years now mm-hmm. and it has not returned. Yes. So, so I was like, holy shit, I need to find out more about energy, just mm-hmm. energy work, this mind body connection. And, um, and that's later on, that's when I ended up signing up for, for Reiki. And over the course of a year, did all my certifications to become a Reiki master. Mm-hmm. And, and after that, um, that <laughs> once I got the certification, I put it online and, um, which with all this trepidation, by the way, because, you know, as a nurse, I thought people were like, you're a nurse, you know, like what in the world are you doing? Right. Um, so <laughs> I put it out there and what happened was that I had followers on Instagram, um, text me like within an hour and was like, where are you? Because I would like to, I would like to try it. And And at the time I was, I had nothing. I didn't have a table. I didn't have sheets, location, nothing. And I, so I was like, oh my God, what do I say? And I, and I kid you not within 15 minutes, my first spiritual teacher saw that I had certified and she goes, she texts me right then, right there. And was like, congrats on becoming a Reiki master. Do you need a place? Oh my God. So this all happened so fast. Wow. She connected me within that hour with her friend out in Dallas, who was opening a suite for alternative practitioners. So she was having an open house at the end of that week. I showed up on that Sunday, signed a contract, and I had a location and a table. All I needed to get was sheets wow. and just show up. So it was very, very like you know, and the thing was along my path with growing my business and starting to get more clients, it was like, everything just kind of was like, here you go. Like the universe was like, here, we're, we're pushing you in this direction. And, um, you know, and then next thing you know, I was like gifted a table. Like it was, it was like one thing after another. And so when I started to see clients, um, even though I was doing Reiki, people wanted to know what I did for my depression and anxiety. So next thing you know, I'm teaching about meditation, teaching how to do it, what to expect, what's normal. And before you know it, before the end of that first year, I was putting together my own like little format of, of, you know, how, how I did it and having people try out, you know, meditation and, and helping with their anxiety and depression by that December, you know, I was working with whole families and I realized that what I was doing was teaching people about what energy is Mm. and what it means to manage it. And that's when I was like, my God, I, I coach about energy. So I'm an energy 
coach, you know, like it was just kind of this thing of like, that's what I do. It's not just Reiki, even though I love Reiki, Mm -hmm. but it ended up becoming a lot more. And so over the course of the years I've been working with clients, that's essentially what I would do. People will come for Reiki, but then um, over, over the, the years I was certified in other modalities and tarot was also one of them where I had taken this intuitive um, class, like to just bring those, those abilities out more because I was seeing so much mm-hmm. um, when I was doing Reiki. Like I realized that more, like the more that I did it, the more that I saw mm. and, and even doing distance. Cause I had a lot of distance clients by this time too. And at, during this intuitive healing class, I decided to purchase a tarot deck mm-hmm. and uh, my teacher, my dear friend, Elise, she was like, cause I was asking her, like, do I really need to learn like all these different things and memorize? And she goes, honestly, you know, she's like, you, you don't necessarily have to memorize everything, but she was like, you use your intuitive senses to pick up what's on the cards. Yeah. And that's what I did. And I, for like a good year, over a year, I like didn't go a day without pulling cards mm-hmm. either for myself or other people. And, pe- and then people started paying me because they wanted reads. Cause I was doing this on my, in my Facebook group. Yeah. And, um, and then that just became, and it was like, I felt like I had done it a hundred years ago. That mm-hmm. was the, that was the other kicker. So anyway, over time, I mean, this, it just evolved to what it is as I certified in other modalities. And now one of my most popular services is um, doing meditative energy clearing. So it's a, it's a guided meditation. I take you through your energetic field mm-hmm. and we do some deep healing in the chakras mm-hmm. and in the different layers of your aura and also clearing other energies that could be infringing on your field. So a lot of what I do now um, has to do with that, like really working with the subtle energy of, of you, essentially mm-hmm. your, your essence. And, and that has had very similar effects, very profound effects as Reiki. But what's really, really cool about it is the, the person who my client is the one who's actually doing the healing. So mm-hmm. I'm guiding the individual where, where Reiki is more passive. Yes. Um, this is where the person is actually doing it themselves. I'm assisting them and guiding, mm-hmm. but they're the ones who are actually doing it. So um, it has, it's become my most popular thing now. And, you know, very, very fortunate to have the teacher that I have come across because I've had three. Mm-hmm. Um, that's been very, very important. That's something that I've learned has been really pivotal for me is to have, to have a mentor, to have someone who, who can share their experiences and be able to, to also cheer you on. Mm-hmm. Cause that was, that was also something too. My second teacher who has since passed, mm-hmm. um, she was excellent at that because one of the things is that you, as you're growing, as a healer and whatever capacity, I don't care if it's, you know, you're a psychic medium or doing tarot, whatever. It's really important to have someone who's so interested Mm -hmm. in your progress Mm 
-hmm. in what you're doing and teaching you, holding your hand, being supportive, because oftentimes you feel quite alone. Oh, yeah. 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 So um, I hope I made that succinct and not way too long. (laughs) No, that was great. Yeah. So that, yeah, so that's, so it's been almost four years now. Um, and, and I've been doing, cause I, since I still do registered nursing, but I'm continuing to scale back, um, mm-hmm. with nursing, but it's, it's been growing every single year. So it's like, it's kind of one of these things where the universe tells you like, this is, this is what you're supposed to be doing. Right. Yeah. You know, um, and it, it's been wonderful, absolutely wonderful because I feel like I've been able to take so many of my experiences in fact, this is what I tell a lot of my, my students is that you will use every single experience that you've had to share with somebody else, to help somebody else. And it's been it's so interesting how other people have found me either coming from the same religion that I did, or even a different religion, but people kind of questioning their faith and, you know, and kind of asking me how I worked through a lot of that. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and it's like, and they didn't even know like where I came from. So it's so interesting how you can actually attract those who have the need for your experience. Mm-hmm. And that's been really, that's been really rewarding because sometimes we kind of go, man, I wish I didn't go through that. That was so terrible. How could that have happened to me? When you actually transmute the energy, you'll be able to use it in a very positive way. And it doesn't matter what the experience is, but never discount what you have been through. Because yeah. if, you've, if you've navigated through it, someone's gonna be in need of your experience yeah. and your wisdom. Yeah, I think that's sort of the, um, the social uh, pattern that needs to kind of be, or just the thought process that needs to be changed. Yeah. It's like oh, this happened to me. And instead of looking at it as it's happening to me, it is happening for me, Mm -hmm. you know, because, because of that experience, even though it could be very painful and traumatic, you, you will be able to not only heal from it or learn how to process through those, that, that traumatic experience and learn how to move past it, but you'll be able to in turn also help somebody else who's going through a similar experience, mm-hmm. you know? Well, yeah. I mean, that is, if you're coming from a perspective of love and yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. you know, <laughs> and not like burying yourself in your trauma and yeah, exactly. we'll exactly. go out of control. <laughs> <laughs> this is where a lot of people are these days and which is yeah. why we're here to help with exactly. that process and healing. And so with, with this whole journey for you and finding, finding healing in this modality versus nursing, how do you compare and contrast those two? Cause I mean, I have my idea. I want to hear what yours is like the healing modality of being a nurse versus the healing modality of being a Reiki master or energy coach. So I mean, I'll be perfectly honest. I mean, there, there was a lot that I did gain from therapy, Mm -hmm. especially in terms of like cognitive behavioral therapy, being able to kind of reverse engineer your thoughts Mm 
mm-hmm. because the neuroscience aspect is there. So I have a lot of respect for the, all the different advances with mindset, um, epigenetics. Mm-hmm. Um, cause that, I mean, that was obviously what I experienced, you know, with the, with the vaginal bleeding thing, yeah. cause that, that was, that was all about epigenetics. Um, so I have a lot of respect for the emerging sciences. Let's put it that way for what more and more people are realizing that they can do outside of simple, just simply medicine, yeah. simply popping a pill. Um, they're, they're really, for me, the holistic approach is, is really more the advantageous, Mm -hmm. um, way to go where, you know, with Western medicine, there, there's a bunch of people who are trying to really gravitate that way. Mm -hmm. Um, so the thing with energy work that really stuck out to me when I started to learn about meditation and I would do these meditations that had to do with the energy centers of the body is that they correspond to the neuroendocrine system. So the term that everyone kind of hears is chakras, right? They're, they're the energy centers of the body, the, well, the seven main ones, even though we have more, right. But that really clicked with me. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and in delving further, if you look through major belief systems all across the globe, they all reference that the same energy centers just may not use the term chakras because that just comes from the Hindu religion. So it's just, it, it fascinated me how with the mind body connection, there's layers upon layers that delve into spirituality and spirituality is energy. Mm -hmm. That's basically what it is. And science is catching up to that science is laid on the train, Mm -hmm. but that's, but, uh, but the thing is science is relatively new. Mm-hmm. where all of these other things that are kind of that people are kind of gravitating towards and looking for have been around for thousands of years. Mm-hmm. So like homeopathy and stuff mm-hmm. like that. I actually used to be a clinical manager at an integrative wellness center um, that was developed in Illinois. I was there for maybe like about a year and a half or so. Um, and they did homeopathic medicine. They did um, vitamin IVs, heavy oh. metal detox, um, mm-hmm. hyperbaric chamber, uh, uh, detox foot baths. They promoted colonics and the Rife machine. Mm-hmm. So it was like, it felt kind of homey to me because it was, it was like, I saw people get better. Yeah. You know, um, and it like, it was just, it was stunning. The results were stunning versus simply sick care. Yeah. Right. So, um, so, and the thing was the people at the time, at the time, um, those treatments are very expensive. Yeah. You know, it's been years now it's been, cause that was back in what, 2006 to seven. Mm-hmm. So at that time, the patients that I serviced were all self-pay and like I said, very expensive. But it was stunning to me because people raved about it, right? Mm -hmm. So those who could afford it, now it's actually quite different. There's IV bars that you can go to, mobile IV. There's, um, you know, like I I do acupuncture, you know, like a lot of this stuff that that used to be, that used to cost a lot more is actually quite accessible now. Mm -hmm. And so to me, there, you know, if you're, when you talk about my take, 
there really needs to be a melding Mm -hmm. of both. And I personally believe that that is the wave of the future. Yeah. I believe energy is going to be the wave of the future. I mean, if you think about it, like when you, when a patient goes into, um, have a, have lifted or is a lithotripsy to break up kidney stones, they're using sound, they're using sound. Hmm. Oh yeah. Yes. Sound that they're using. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's just, it's, it's so, you know, and you think of like sound healing, Mm -hmm. right. When you use the the chakra bowls, the Tibetan singing bowls or the crystal bowls, tuning forks, Mm -hmm. it's you're using sound. So there's so many different things that we just don't register Mm -hmm. as that is happening on an energetic level to reach the cells of the body, to switch the information Hmm. and to change and alter the information in a way that actually elevates vibrational frequency. Hmm. So that's why, uh, that's why my take is very, um, if you want to say more forward thinking, because a lot of what we see right now is there's a lot of, um, either one distrust there's, I mean, I hear it all the time because when I do nursing, I do telephone triage and every single day, someone's unhappy with their doctor, unhappy with the medicines that they're on. They're unhappy with the treatment, just the service that they're getting. They're not getting better. Yeah. I have a lot of people ask me about alternative therapies. Yeah. And so it is one of these things where my personal take is the medicine in general, science in general is going to be experiencing a massive shift. I can't necessarily say how long into the future. I think it's happening for some time Mm -hmm. um, because a lot of people are just doing stuff on their own. Yeah. I mean, look at what I did, Mm -hmm. you know, like, and I try, I did, I did all the things Mm-hmm. I did all the things mm-hmm. and I, I had some progress, but really, if you think about it, meditation, and I had depression probably since I was a preteen, mm-hmm. far as I can remember, because I had a lot of, I had a lot of suicidal ideation for ever since then mm-hmm. and, and attempted suicide a number of times where it culminated with the custody issues. So I've had depression for a long, long time, just never saw anyone for it until, until that happened back, you know, in 2014 and, or 2015 and meditation in five to six months, you know what I'm saying? Like, and this is the thing with energy work results happen faster. Mm-hmm. And that was what was really stunning to me is like, you know, so yeah, it was, I had a lot to, I had to exercise a lot of discipline, mm-hmm. but five to six months in comparison to decades yeah. of, of having, you know, just all this weight, this energetic weight. Mm-hmm. So that's to me, what is really cool, mm-hmm. right? Like when you switch the information, when you alter the information, cause you, we all have that ability. Mm-hmm. we can create shifts so fast and even permanently mm-hmm. without necessarily, you know, going towards just more chemicals or whatever, right. um, even though that has its place. So here's, here's what I always say to that too, is we 
you know, there's a place for everything, but we also just need to be as informed as possible. Mm-hmm. And when we also learn to kind of exercise more of our self-trust through intuition, right. And we, we can be able to decipher what, what would be best. Yeah. Not just always following the orders. It's kind of like what Deepak Chopra says, like you can, you can believe the diagnosis because there's going to be evidence of that. Right. Because you never have to believe the prognosis. Hmm. I love that. That really spoke to me. Mm-hmm. Hmm. You never have to believe the prognosis. And, you know, I think about one of my, one of my favorite clients who came to me because she had breast cancer for the second time, this time with metastasis. <sighs> And so she found me and she, when I saw her, she was like, I'm not quite sure why I need, felt the need to reach out to you, but she's like, I need to break this news to my young son. And I don't quite know how to do it. Um, so we started to do, to do Reiki and cause that's what she wanted. And then I started to, to teach her about the body's ability to heal. like what, what energy is and, and all of that and meditation. And it was like, not even, what is it like a year, year and a half later, you know, and she was still working with her doctor and everything and taking her medication. She's cancer free. And, and the, the scan showed that she no longer had metastasis to her bone. Wow. So I was like, you lived it, you're living it, you're doing it. And her life is completely different. Yeah. Life is so different right now. And, you know, and she's, she, her story just amazes me because I mean, I've never been through that, but she, she made, she made up her mind of what she wanted her life to be. She didn't plan her funeral. She planned her future. Mm. And so that was, that was one of the biggest things, um, was that she understood that if she can, can change her energy, shift her energy, that she can heal. Yeah, she did. That is absolutely beautiful. Wow. And you know, there's a lot of people that actually have stories that are similar to that, that, Mm -hmm. you know, decide that there is there is something more to this than what I'm being told, which is kind of where I feel like a lot of us, when we're in the process of awakening, realize that that's what we've been saying to ourselves is there's something more than just this. Yes. And, um, you know, there, you discover this mind body connection, or at least for me, I discovered this mind body connection when I, I abandoned the church and went to, um, went like full on into like atheism, like didn't want anything to do with anything spiritual. Didn't want to have any sort of anything. So being completely disconnected, which was very chaotic in a way, you know what I mean? Feeling like everything is so finite and there isn't like, you just have who you have in your life and that's it. And, um, And I remember years and years ago, my husband is, uh, he's an astrophysicist. And one of the things he finds all these weird memes and different videos on like Reddit and imager and all that stuff. He likes to share them with me, but he found, (laughs) (laughs) he found this, this music video of all of his favorite scientists growing up. 
And uh, it's called the Symphony of Science. And obviously Carl Sagan, who's one of my personal favorites um, and his as well. Um, He, you know, he's in it and also Neil deGrasse Tyson. And hopefully I get this, this quote correctly, but it really, it really spoke to me. Um, um, We're all connected to, to each other um, biologically to the earth chemically into the rest of the universe atomically. And it's like, Oh, I love that. And then, you know, there are some other things in that, that, um, really spoke to me, but the biggest thing was the thing, something that Carl Sagan said is we are a way for the cosmos to know itself. And I was just like, Mm, yeah, because I mean, if you think about the macrocosm and how expansive and large the universe is our, our brains can't comprehend because the exponential math is beyond our recollection. I mean, it's just, it's so big, um, to think about individual, like us as individuals in this expansive universe, it's, it feels so unextraordinary. Like it feels like there, I have literally no ripple effect in this whole thing, but to hear those words that we are a way for the cosmos to know itself, this expansive, ever growing, gigantic thing to know itself better by just this tiny thing, you know, it's so, it it feels so uniting and it feels like maybe I do have something more than just existing, you know, and the process of understanding our unique, our unique energy on this earth and on, on this plane of existence with these other beings, not just humans, but plant, animal, you know, water, earth, air, all the things there's this connection that we have with all of it and how we can understand it, you know, because we all speak a very similar language, even though we come from different areas of the world and we speak different languages, we have a similar language and that's our energy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one thing that I actually am going to make a small bite out of this, but I, I've, I've been, it's been stewing inside of me, but, um, I watched this documentary with Will Smith where he went down deep into the water and he was terrified. It was actually, I, I, I couldn't help myself laughing. Cause he was just like legit nervous, this big, like really super hot, like strong dude getting into like a deep sea dive submarine. And he's just like, oh. <laughs> I'm like, Oh, yeah. he gets into the submarine and they go down and he's with like two other people. And this woman who's a, you know, I think she's a, um, a marine biologist, but she, I think she does some other stuff. She's her doctorate, like she's a super amazing woman. And she's talking about all these creatures that are in the midnight zone of the ocean, which is the deepest, darkest, you can't see anything. And it's the most undiscovered parts of our earth is the deep oceans. And one thing that, that she pointed out was these creatures that would have this language of called bioluminescence and people kind of know what that is because it's, it's, it's light, light emission. Yeah. And these creatures don't see the color that we see. They only see, actually some of them don't see at all, but it is in that energetic expulsion from that they're making with their body that other creatures understand what's going on. And I thought, because from an evolutionary standpoint, we all come from the deep oceans and we've all evolved into these really complex, really crazy beings. 
And the thing that I thought was so interesting is that these relatively like unknown beings communicate with light and with energy. And how do we do the same? You know, how do we create our own light and our own energy? And that's why I really love what you do because you're helping people understand this light and this energy language that we emit. And how, what, what, what does that feel like? What, how, how do we understand that in ourselves a little bit better? Mm-hmm. You know, because those beings didn't even know that they cascade a rainbow of light. You know, these, in, these marine invertebrates, you know, have this beautiful, fl- beautiful color cascade just off of their body. They don't know what's going on. So what is it that we don't know about ourselves that we emit constantly that we're communicating to other people? Yeah, it's so what a lot of what I do is helping people to get comfortable learning about their own electromagnetic field. Like mm-hmm. what, what is that really? How do I sense it so mm-hmm. that I can shift it so that I can maneuver it mm-hmm. to my greatest advantage. Right. And so, because it's such an abstract thing and yes, I tend to draw a lot of people who are sensitive to energy. Um, but you, but you don't necessarily have to be right. It just requires some, an open mind, you know, take, and I, what I do is I'll take very basic concepts that we're all very familiar with and show the parallel to what our energy really is. And then how do I work with it? How do I begin to, to trust what I'm getting and understanding that my energy and all the energy that's around us is information. It's information kind of like what you were talking about with the marine invertebrates. They may not know, but they're receiving information. So they, so they act based upon the information that they're receiving. Right. And so through the through the actual like healing process, it, it helps people to become a little bit more because what happens is that during the clearings, people have a lot of different sensations, breakthroughs, epiphanies, things that happen as a result that they're like, Oh, I get it. Cause here, this is the thing. Energy work is experiential. Yeah. So people are always like, really? Like, how does it work? Like what I'm like, dude, Reiki is the most clinically studied energy modality that there is Boom. lots of studies. And I just recently, it was several weeks ago, I found an article on medical Reiki where they actually examined the cells of the body with people who did Reiki and those who did not. And it showed that the cells of the body, I think it was, it was in a, a blood smear that the cells became much more uniform after Reiki. And I was like, there you go. Right. And so, and so there's plenty. And and they even did studies with like placebo, like people who acted like they were doing Reiki, you know, um, but weren't really doing it. And they're actually difference for the people who were actually doing Reiki. So the, the actual practitioners who knew what they were doing, they knew how to focus. They knew what they knew what they were doing and they were that conduit. Hmm. And there was an actual, there was, there was a statistical difference. Wow. So it, it is one of those things where it's like, unless you 
unless you actually try it out, you probably will not understand the benefit of it. Like you might conceptualize, you can read, but to experience it is something that is completely different. And that's what it was for me. I mean, it started with meditation. And then my very first Reiki uh, session was a distance session, wasn't even in person. Wow. I was having a, I had this, I was starting to get like an eczema psoriasis thing going on, on the inside of my arm. And I had itching for like three days that kept me up at night. And I had signed up for a Reiki class, but had never had Reiki done. I just knew that I needed to do it. Right. And the, so I, I contacted someone out in Dallas and, and she was like, well, I could do, I could do it for you right now. Like in 15 minutes, let me just get ready. Fine. And so, um, she said, she said, just lay down, just, you know, and I was like, are we going to talk? Like what's, what's going to happen here? Like, I had no clue. <laughs> He's like, just lay down. She goes, if you want to call me after you can call me after. And so I was sitting in my bed. I did not lay down. I was too like wound up. Mm-hmm. And once she started, shit, you not, it was almost like this blanket of warmth came down over my head onto my shoulders and was like, relax and lay down. Ooh. So I'm here. I am sliding down my bed. <laughs> like, all right. I guess, I guess I'm lying down now. Right. I guess I better do as I'm told. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I, the itching stopped. I felt warmth over my, where the areas that I told her where I was having the issue, it just super relaxed. I couldn't believe it. And within two days that the rash that I had on the inside of my elbow was very close to my just normal skin color. Wow. And I was like, this is come on now. Like, yeah, this is incredible. Right. <laughs> yeah. So it just even made me more jazzed to, you know, to take the certifications because I was like, there's, there's something to this. Like I did not, I didn't know what to expect. I knew nothing. Yeah. Right. So I was just, all I knew was I got to try this out because I've tried medicines. I've tried like, you know, did so many different things, put creams on it, all this kind of stuff. And I was just like, there's something to this. Yeah. So again, so it's, it's a, an experiential thing to, to work with energy. Of course, find someone who's legit, but it's, it's Mm -hmm. all about having that open mind and just being open to learning how it works. And that's also something for those who want, really want to know how Reiki works. I'll get into a little bit of the science of it. Um, but that's, but it's actually quite simple. Yeah. Very, it's very simple. And that's also the thing that trips people up is like, it can't possibly be that simple, you know, or like, or like in the meditative energy clearing, like, whoop, we're going to bring this layer in, you're going to drop it down. And there you go. Like, what? Uh, yeah. yeah. But the thing is, people get results. Mm-hmm. So, and that, and then that's, that's the thing. It's like, I got results. I know that it works for me. If you try it out, you can see for yourself. Right. Yeah. So it, it's just one of those things where if you have an open mind, give it a shot. Yeah. Give it yeah. A shot. And, mm-hmm. you know, it wasn't like you were a light case either you know, you had some pretty serious things happening in your life that mm-hmm. was resolved completely yeah. by doing this meditative practice. 
So here's, here's the other thing too, was that even though I saw a well-known psychologist, I saw therapists and they, they helped, like I said, with the cognitive behavioral therapy part, they all addressed the, the, the depression, the anxiety, right? Mm -hmm. Fantastic. But here I came from a, a very ingrained religious background that no one addressed. Yeah. Because here I, here I was, even though I physically left it and, you know, I was working through the depression, I walked around for a couple of years thinking God was going to kill me. Mm. And, mm. and I was like, I still believe in God, but what, like, what do I do? Like I, and I didn't have this, this desire to join another church or anything like that. It was more like, how do I make sense of what I, what deep down inside I do know, you know, so I had to also make these other shifts with my own belief system, because I, one of the biggest things about when you leave something like that, you lose your identity. Mm. Like that made me cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. Like I was just like, I don't even know what to think about myself anymore. Like I I was at a point I didn't like myself. I didn't know what to think anymore or believe in or what kind of frame of reference. And so going through the process with meditation, what happened is I, and but as I was learning more and more about energy is I had all these different mystical experiences in my meditations mm -hmm. that made me feel so connected to at the time we're thinking like whatever it is that's out there it made me feel so connected in a way that I did not have as hard as I worked in the cult that I was in mm -hmm. you know doing all the my bible study and talking to people about God and praying and you know and all this stuff and not that there weren't good some pieces of golden nuggets in there there were you know, I still have my favorite scripture, which is actually all about faith. Hebrews 11, one, where, you know, it's, it's so interesting because, because yeah, I mean, faith has everything to do with manifestation, yeah. right? So it's so interesting because I, now I'm just like, oh, I, I feel like I get it. Yeah. Like I get it and I get it without the, the fear part to it. Yes. I guess without the control part to it. Mm -hmm. And, and that was so liberating to me because I'm like, oh yes, there is, there, there is something more out there. There's a lot more than just the one thing too, by the way. Mm -hmm. So it's like, when you ex start to expand your knowledge through the experiences that you have, that's something that no one can take away from you. Yeah. Like all the different, even my second teacher who used to, she, she created her own um, modality because um, she was a Reiki master too. She created her own modality that I incorporate when I, when I do hands-on healing also. And the sessions that I had with her would leave me sobbing because of the things that I saw. And a lot of the experiences that I had that like, I haven't really shared with a lot of people just because it's probably seems so out there, but it's, it's those things that you just, you, 
you cannot explain. And it's kind of like when people have a near death experience, not that mine was like that, but it was like when people have experiences that they alone, no one else necessarily shared it with them. You can only just kind of sit back and listen. And, And now when people tell me things, I just go, okay. Like, you know, like I, there's no judgment. Yeah. Because I, who am I to take away what is so significant to you? Right. Right. And that becomes now a part of you and changes you. Mm-hmm. And so when you, when you start to learn about energy, you start to learn more about your own individual power, which you is a thousand times more than what you even think, you know, you, you begin to really, you remember who you are you understand what you're capable of. You understand that your greatest potential is so much more than what you even probably think. So it's, it just, it expands you in a way that you, you feel pretty much unlimited. Yeah. Which, you know, it makes me realize how much the church doesn't want something like that to happen. Exactly. Because if you're finding your own safety and spirituality within yourself and learning how to heal yourself and finding God within yourself without the aid of this one person that's running this church, it can be, um, you know, that that sort of loses their source of, of income and control, right? And, you know, it makes me think of, um, actually one of my least favorite stories in the Bible. I mean, there's a lot of them, but my least favorite was actually the creation story. And it's not just because it pisses me off that everyone deems Eve as this totally, like, she's the one that fucked everything up. And I'm just, (laughs) I can't, I can't with that. First of all, the Jews have a completely different story where Lilith was actually the first one and she was complete, was created exactly equal to Adam. And she said, I'm not going to be lower than you. And he said, and he threw a pitch to fit about it. And so she flew off and she basically gave him the finger and was like, no, I'm not going to, I'm not doing, I'm, I'm not going to be beneath you, bro. We're, we're the same. We're made exactly the same. Anyway, that's, that's, that's nor here nor there. <laughs> The thing that gets me the most is that God said to not eat from the tree of wisdom, the knowledge of good and evil. Yeah. Yeah, Good and bad, good and evil. Mm -hmm. So what that tells me is that this higher being that is only constructed of unconditional love is telling these creatures that he's created that you are not to know the difference between anything or any rational thought or making any sort of like, you don't need to know the difference between good and evil, and you don't need to understand anything. You just need to exist, which I think is a complete farce. I don't think that I don't think that somebody that was made of unconditional love would create a being to not know or think for themselves or have any, or possess wisdom or to possess the capacity for growth. It doesn't even make any sense. No. It's so the, the fact that we're growing and learning how to find this God within us. So the, the, you know, the Holy spirit, if you will, it is, 
our, our soul, our spirit, learning what our higher selves has to say about our purpose and what we're supposed to be doing, it completely negates all of that. So it's like, man, we must be like the biggest heretics, <laughs> the ones who burn at the stake. That's right. <laughs> no wonder we burned as witches and past lives. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So it's, it, it's funny how like, I like how you bring that up because I mean, that's how the Bible kind of starts, right? Like creation and then like, and then Eve. And to me, that's the whole suppression of the divine feminine. Yep. Right. From the get go, because we're just letting you know, yeah, we're just letting you know, like, mm-mm, you're not going to think for creating. yourself. And if you're a woman, best of luck to you. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Cause that's bullshit. Mm-hmm. And if you have a mind of your own, and if you think for yourself, you're going to end up like Lilith. Yeah. Everyone thinks she is just this demon whore that right. nobody can. Yeah. And it's like, she's cursed forever to have children that die or whatever. And it's just like, wow. Wow. Patriarchy. You were really pissed off. Like what in the world happened to your mother? What did she do to you? What did she do? (laughs) You were not held and loved and nurtured, were you? (laughs) It's so interesting now, because even looking at the story of Jesus and the things that he taught, you know, it's like uh, upon my journey, I had a totally different appreciation of his story and what he actually taught. I was like, Dude, he taught his followers how to heal people. Yep. Yeah. And you know what I mean? Like, why is this such a bad thing? Why is this, why is this like looked at as being like weird? Cause it's not in nursing. They call it therapeutic touch. Oh, you know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like you're, you're touching, you're listening, you're being compassionate. Mm Mm-hmm they're just giving it a different name and then just kind of saying, Oh, by the way, yeah, you can do that too. Right. But no, but give, give this and do this and, you know, follow the doctor's orders and all that stuff first, but you can, you know, if you want, you can do a little bit of that. Mm. Right. So, but the thing is, it's like Reiki is taught in a lot of the, um, the teaching hospitals Mm -hmm. use it for a lot of cancer patients. Yeah. Um, I know of a nurse who her manager, when she used to work at the NICU, she would do Reiki on the infants who were sitting and, mm-hmm. you know, laying in the incubators and she mm-hmm. would watch their heart, very heart rate variability become mm-hmm. much more even, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, it's beautiful. So it's yeah. like, when you look at even just, you know, if you, whatever it is that you're taught, you can look at it from a different lens and actually really appreciate what the story, if you believe it to be true or not, what it was really about. Mm-hmm. And like, for me, like the whole the story of Jesus. And if you look at a lot of the, um, the paintings and artifacts and how he had a halo around his head, hmm. he was teaching people about raising their consciousness. Yeah. That's ultimately was what it was about is empowering yourself and understanding that you have the ability to change the world. Yeah. You know, just by being you, just by being your example and you follow, you know, follow my example. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's, that's all that he was really teaching. 
Yeah. It wasn't like, you know, that he's going to be pissed off because you didn't go to mass or whatever the case may be. Right. Like, <laughs> I honestly don't think he cares. <laughs> I mean, why would he? And so here's the thing we, so, okay. If you believe in God, we don't add to God's existence. Hmm. So why would he, why would he kill people off? Right. Do you know what I mean? So why, why with it? Cause I mean, that's what I was taught in my religion growing up is that only Jehovah's witnesses would inherit the earth. Hmm. I Everyone think else would all God. religions kind of teach their disciples or their, their, yeah. you know, followers is that we will be the ones that win. Right. <laughs> and like, so, so here we have all these different religions all across the world, believing that they're, they're the only, so I'm kind of like, let's kind of, let's kind of take, take a step back and reevaluate this, you know? Um, cause I, cause when I think about it, I'm like, well, what about people you know, in this part of the world who are they going to die just because they didn't get an opportunity to learn like, yeah. or no, like, like, how do you make sense of that? Like, how is that okay with you? Right. Mm-hmm. So there's so many things that it took me a long time to get to the point of actually questioning mm-hmm. yeah. and, you know, and there, it, it, but it, again, it took me a long, long time. And then it was really only through my own journey of self-discovery that I was able to kind of go, okay, I, I know the framework in which I want to do this now. Like when I say do this, like lead my life, mm-hmm. like I get it because especially too, when you understand energy, you, because those, that's basically just universal law. Like no one owns that. Yeah. You learn like, okay, so if my actions, should they come from, you know, a, a lower frequency consistently all the time, really intense, then yeah, I'm going to reap those consequences and vice versa. Right. So when you kind of just look at it from that, because that's the other thing that I, that I teach my, my clients and my students is when you start to look at everything from an energetic perspective, it, it takes you kind of out of being in the picture. So that way you can evaluate without the bias, without the judgment, without taking things personally mm-hmm. and, and just being able to make a better decision because every decision you make carries weight. Yeah. It doesn't matter if it's, you know, I'm going to drink this bottle of water or have this cookie, or I'm going to marry this person, mm-hmm. you know, everything we divest or invest energy. So, or reinvest energy. So that's, that's when we understand that, that religion or not, I have a framework in which to exert my own energy. Mm. I I hope I'm explaining that correctly. No, I think you are. I think it's great. And, you know, I also feel like it, it grants you the opportunity to, um, to reevaluate how you check in with yourself or Mm -hmm. at least, um, you know, not think of it as like, I'm feeling this way, but it's like, why, where did it come from? Can I let it go? Mm -hmm. Is it even mine? 
Is it even mine? And a lot of times I I come to realize that usually when I'm feeling frustrated or angry or, uh, you know, upset or, or whatever, it's usually because a circumstance that happened that somebody else has like projected their own issue. And I don't really know what that's from. It's not really my responsibility to know, but I, I know that this is what's happened. And I'm frustrated that that was put on me. And mm-hmm. now that I have this energy in my space and I'm like kind of digesting it and getting upset about it, it, I can check in with it and say, and make a choice and how I need to proceed with this energy that I now have, yeah. you know, shall I release it or shall I continue to digest? Do I, is this, how important is it to me to continue to think and feel this situation right now? Mm -hmm. And usually you can come up with an answer pretty quickly and then you can move forward. And honestly, I'm one of those people that perseverate quite a bit. So, you know, if something happens like recently, you know, my, my boss sent me this, this text because she, you know, she'll say things and then, you know, I, she just didn't fact check. So she was like, well, this is due and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I know. And she was like, oh, oh, okay. Just never mind. Thank you. And I'm like, she was, she was saying things like this can't happen again. You are going to be like, basically saying I'm going to be penalized. And I'm like, wait a minute, you know? And so I, I said, well, this is, this is what I have. And this is what I understand. She's like, oh, okay. Thank you. And it's like, you know, so that just, you know, you understand what that feels yeah. like, right? that like, Oh, I've been wronged. And, Oh, I don't like it when I've been wronged and you just made me upset. And it's like, okay, first of all, you know, where it came from, you know, what it is. Yeah. Do you want to continue to be upset about this or do you want to let it go? Mm-hmm. And for me, it took me a couple of days. It took me a couple of days. Cause that's, yeah. that's who I am. I sit in my juices for a little bit, but then mm-hmm. I say, you know what? I'm not, I'm not, I don't need it. I don't need, don't it. need it. Yeah. I don't need it. You know, and it sucks when I have to go into work and think like, mm-hmm. but like you have a choice. You have a choice. Yeah. You have a choice to let it go. And it's, it, it does take practice, right? Like, mm-hmm. so just we, even with your example, when we're triggered by something, yeah. um, it just takes practice. So when, when we do the practice, right? Because we're always going to have opportunities to practice. And that's, that's always what I call it. You know, when I, when I work with my clients on their triggers, I just explain like when, you know, like how to, I break down the micro steps of that. That's actually what my next Akasha Flix episode is actually on, by the way, is how to break the micro steps down. Because when you, when you do it again and again and again, that refractory period becomes shorter and shorter. So for a few days, that's actually really not that bad. Like when I was in the depths of my depression, even my husband would say, oh my God, if something happened, it's another two to three weeks of hell, Oh, you know? And he was right. Like, oh. you know, if I had a conversation with my parents, I would go down the rabbit hole and I would be beating myself up for three weeks, you know? Oh. And, you know, just when I got back up again, go right back down. So it, it, it took me a lot of work, but the thing is once I understood and I just applied the steps little by little, you know, cause when you're, especially when you're working with something that's super ingrained, 
most of the time in the beginning, you need to train your body, kind of like with meditation, you're training your body to just be still right yeah. now. Like it's, it's okay. And feel what you're feeling Yeah. when you can start to ask yourself those different questions, like you were bringing up, you know, what is this? Where is this really coming from? You can shorten that refractory period shorter and shorter and shorter. And if, if I can do it, other people can do it. And I've seen my clients even, you know, they'll text me and they'll be like, Oh my gosh, like I figured it out like really, really quickly mm. you know, and was able to like process a lot faster instead of stewing and chewing on it for way too long. And, you know, and, and by then it's like, if then where are you? Right. So mm-hmm. it's like, what's so awesome is that when you can do that, it just gets shorter and shorter, you know, yeah. and you feel better faster. Yeah. Right. And you understand it's like, okay, if the intensity of the emotion is there, I, I'm always a proponent of feeling it. Right. Yes. But again, you over time, you'll begin to be able to not feel like you have to hold on hmm. to the emotion because the emotion is really just the chemicals that are released from the, from the brain. They're the neurotransmitters. Yeah it's all the interpretations of whatever it is. So when we can really get into that, the nub of what is it that we think is affecting our identity or our core self-concepts? And is that even true? Mm. You can be like, okay, so I can, I don't have to hold on to this neurotransmitter, the flood of those chemicals. Yeah. as long as I thought. And there was even a neuroscientist that talked about how the, um, the, the chemicals that get released, like when we have a feeling, a reaction, it lasts for like seconds. Wow. That's really all that it is. But the thing is, the thing is when we have a thought, we end up with a matching thought in a shorter amount of time that the chemicals are released. So what happens is that we'll have one thought, it creates a flood of chemicals, but by the time that that dissipates, we're having a matching thought. So it's releasing more chemicals and blah, 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 blah. So that's the rabbit hole. So that, so therefore now we're stewing on something for days or weeks, or we end up creating that. And now it's our disposition. Mm. It's just who we are now yeah. when we, and when we, we kind of kid ourselves and think that's who I am, but really, no, you're just deciding to think the same things all the time. Yeah. So when we start to really get, you know, when we get into it, we'll understand how we can actually modify that whole cycle. Yeah. Because we know we don't have neutral thoughts. We're either going to release hormones of stress or hormones of healing, hmm. those neurotransmitters, either one or the other. So that's why mindset is so important. That's why I appreciate the neuroscience of it all, because again, this is energy. Yeah. This is the energy that creates a whole mind body connection. And that we don't, if we don't take control of that, because that the only thing we can control is our energetic field, everything outside of that, we only have influence. Mm -hmm. Everything outside of us has permission to exist. So when we're controlling our own field by working on our mindset, working on releasing the stuck emotions and learning how to process through those things much more efficiently, man, you'll be unstoppable. Yeah. You really can be unstoppable. Yeah. 
nothing can touch you. Yeah. I wish the more people could hear that and accept that that's a, a truth. Cause I feel like a lot of people are just stuck in their own fear about everything. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of people who are really interested in spirituality. They're interested in meditation and tarot cards and all that, but you know, they're afraid of the negative energies that are out there. Like what's going to get me, Oh, you know, that old yeah. adage, like, Oh boy. <laughs> so, yeah. So I clear those too, by the way, <laughs> I got you. <laughs> yeah. So I got you there. And, um, but the thing is a lot of that stuff, the, the basic thing that you have to understand when it comes to those other energies, the darker, darker forces, if you want to call it, can, mm-hmm. There's a lot that I can say about this, but to just for your listeners and the takeaway is if you can work on your own vibrational frequency and work on and elevating that as best as you possibly can, you're not going to be a match to those things. So it's going to, it's virtually like a non-issue. Like, um, in all the years that I have in all the years. Okay. So let me put it to you this way. I grew up in a haunted home. Mm. Um, I've had paranormal experiences my entire life. I have had relatives who dealt with darker forces, Mm. um, never touched me, but it, you know, I've, I have been around this kind of stuff my entire life. I always had at first initially the religious take on it. Like, Oh my God, you know, like everything is a demon. Right. Um, But really, that's not the case. That's really more the exception, the rarity. Um, But again, it really boils down to you, your energy. What are you emitting? Because like, for example, when I was in my depression and I lived, um, my husband and I, before we moved into our home, we lived in an apartment where there was a lot of paranormal activity and because there were portals, this is a whole other discussion. There were two portals in the apartment that we were living. Mm -hmm. And I honestly believe the depression that I was experiencing was amplified by the other energies that were around, but because I was in such a low place. Yeah. That's the match, right? Yeah. So I was a match to a lot of the things that were kind of hanging around and, and it amplified that, which is probably the reason why I even ended up trying to attempt suicide again. Mm. When we moved out of there, even though I still had to deal with my depression, totally different, totally mm. different environment, totally different, was not experiencing the intensity that I was. And I, then I was able to really uh, accelerate my healing yeah. with meditation. So that's the, that's a big thing. And that's why, like, when I have people ask me about this stuff or they, they tell me about, like, I know of a friend or relatives and, you know, they they drink a lot or they take these drugs and everything. I'm like, there's going to, yeah, there's going to be other energies that are around that kind of environment that are going to amplify activity chaos, you know, so if you, so let me put it to you this way too, another indicator, if that you've got other like negative, more energies kind of hanging around, 
is your life totally chaotic, like problem after problem, illness after illness, things not working, drama. Um, if you're surrounded by people or if your environment has a lot of vices hmm. there where people are, you know, people are just having a lot of issues. It's yeah. an indication you've yeah. got, you got some energy to clear there. Yeah. Right. And so it's, it's interesting how that works, but really we're the ones with the physical body. Yes. So we're the ones who have um, what my, what my teacher calls seniority. Yep. So we don't, to be honest, we don't have to worry unnecessarily. It's just more like focus on your energy, your energy alone. If you, if you've got that all good, pat down, then you're not, it's, it's a non-issue. Yeah. And this is coming from someone who, you know, my husband does paranormal investigations. He leads a ghost tour out in a local city here in, um, in Texas. Mm-hmm. And, and I've gone a number of times, like, you know, I feel out the energies and, and all of that stuff too. Like we've never had a problem. Right. Never. Yeah. So, you know, I'm not saying that people can't be exposed to that, but like, if you're looking for it, you're going to find it. Yes. Yeah. Just saying. Yeah. And fear is always an invitation. Yep, exactly. So if you fear it or you're intentionally seeking it out and you're angry or whatever, then yeah, you're probably going to draw something to you, but really it's, it's virtually a non-issue for most people. Yeah. Especially once you realize that you do have seniority and you do have more power in the physical body. Mm -hmm. And unless you are lessening your power by dis, you know, disempowering yourself through fear, then you're going to attract those things that you're afraid of. You're going to bring those things towards you because it's a request when you're afraid it is, it is an invitation. It's a request. And it's like, why would I ever do that? Why would I bring the thing that I'm most afraid of? And it's like, because you're, you're afraid of it. Yeah. (laughs) That's what you're, that's what it is. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So you have to sort out, first of all, why, why are you afraid of it? What is, what's really happening there? Like what, what's, what's, what's unpack what's going on with that. And then start to sift through how to not be afraid of it. How do you take your power back in this situation and realize that literally the only fears that you should have is fear itself, you know, and to move past it and understand that there really isn't anything to be afraid of, you know, 110%. Absolutely. I've lived in fear of that stuff my whole life, right? Because I I grew up in a haunted home and I was told to believe it was a particular thing. Yeah. Turns out it was totally, it was actually totally the opposite. I actually had a guardian. Oh, I had a guardian who was, um, sending, believe it or not, my parents, a message huh? because of, um, something that my, cause uh, so long story short, cause this, this could go on and on I my, know. so my grandmother, um, I come, so I'm a healer. I come from a line of healers. Yeah. My mom kind of, because of the religion, she did not embrace it, even though like looking back on all the different things that she had said in conversations, the way that she helps other people, 
her healing touch, even like she's, she's gifted, but she didn't embrace it because she decided to stick with the religion for her own reasons. Right. Her mother, my great grandmother, all healers. And my grandmother and my mother did not have a very good relationship. Um, and my mother actually had a miscarriage before me. And mm-hmm. now that I, I get it now, what my mom said, she goes, your grandmother worked on me and I got pregnant with you. Mm-hmm. And, um, so what happened was that because they didn't have a great relationship, my grandmother who took care of me for a little while after I was newly born, went back to the Philippines. But when she did, she, um, she ended up invoking a, a guardian because she was worried about my mother. Oh, wow. And so oh there was this accident that I had when I was small, I was playing with a, with a, with a tree that was in a vase, but it was all kind of like a, like a stone kind of material. And I was really little and my, my father grabbed it out of my hand and it had sharp edges on the leaves and it cut me. I still have a little bit of a scar here. I can't really see it anymore, Hmm. but for years I had a scar. Now, the thing is as nurses, we know, like if you have a cut that needs to be stitched, if you go over eight hours, Mm -hmm. you're going to have scar. You right. have less probability of scar if you get it stitched up within the eight hours. Right. So I was putting all these pieces together and I was like, oh my God. Cause I was always told that I fell, like they told me that I hit my head on the corner of a desk and it split open. That's what they told me, but that actually was not true. So what happened was that after this and my parents got scared, they did not, they did not bring me in to get it stitched they did not seek care because they were afraid that they would be accused of abuse or something like they were they were just scared and that's when the activity in the home started oh wow like you did not take care of her you did not do what you were supposed to do like yeah so we had a lot of activity and the thing was it was always targeted at them oh no wonder they probably felt scared because yeah because like, I'm not doing, doing your job. <laughs> I, I experienced things, but it was never nefarious. It was never like, and I saw things, I heard things, but I, I, it, nothing was like to make me afraid. Right. It made my parents, there was a lot of things that my parents experienced that made them afraid, or like if they brought people into the home, mm. would make them afraid. Um, but it died down over time. Mm. But I found out after the fact that it died down because so here they are. So mind you, my mom at this point is Jehovah's witness. Mm -hmm. My father was not, he was kind of like, you know, deciding. So what happened was my mom had this very, very intense paranormal experience. And it was almost like she knew, she knew exactly what all of the activity was about. Mm -hmm. And she told my father, we need to apologize. So they sat down and they apologized and everything stopped. Oh my God. (laughs) Stopped. Wow. That's amazing. (laughs) So, yeah. So, but the thing is, I didn't learn any of this until much, much later on. So it just, 
I don't know. I know it sounds so almost like over the top, like what, but yeah, if I laid out to you all the different things that they experienced, none of that happened to me. None of that, wow. you know, which you would think if it was just targeting the entire family, like wanting the family to get out, like then everyone would be running to the hills. Fleeing yeah. You would have felt it. Yeah. So, I mean, and I, you know, not that I didn't experience things I, I did, but I was never like terrified. I was never yeah. terrified. Yeah. It wasn't a scary experience for you. Mm-hmm. Wow. And so it's interesting because my, my father growing up, I understand why he said this now he was like, Oh, we really tried our best to take care of you. Like you were like this little, like, you know, like an egg, you know, like fragile. Right. And stuff, and I was like, I never really understood why you would tell me that, and now I understand. Yeah, you're like, I totally understand. Like, oh, I know now. Whoops! (laughs) Get your shit together, period. (laughs) So anyway, so yeah, so that was that was part of that story from me growing up. Oh, I love it though, because I don't get too many people that like talk about some of their paranormal experiences. So I, I have a lot, I have plenty. I could, I could go on for hours. I mean, even my, my husband and I, cause he's, he is a psychic medium. He will never claim it, but truly yeah. together. We were always like, whenever we go places, we're like, Ooh, what do you feel here? Or, Oh, what do you get from that house? Or, Oh, you know, like we're always, and even when we were house hunting, we had a somewhat of a joint experience um, in a house that we were checking out. So it was like, we, whenever we would go into a house we're just we're like mm, like you know we would just give each other faces right yeah mm, no not this one <laughs> you know this ain't the one yeah <laughs> energy's sucky so, gotta get out <laughs> so but yeah I there's a lot of paranormal experiences that I could that I could share <laughs> oh and I love it and maybe we'll have to do that for a separate episode because we're at like an hour and a half now. Oh, oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah. Damn girl. <laughs> and this is why I wanted to have Rosalind because she's got so much good stuff. Oh, it's so fantastic. But let's, let's do this again sometime because this is awesome. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Thank you so much for agreeing to be here and to talk yeah. to me and talk to all of the folks that listen to the show. You're awesome. Thank you for having me on. It's been, I could talk to you for hours. I mean, we already know this. We could go on and on and on. Oh yeah. (laughs) We have a lot of similarities, you and I. So it's very, when we first talked, we're like, what? You're a nurse too. Uh What? Your husband does it. What? What? Like, yeah, we had all like, just, oh my gosh. Like what? twinsies yeah, a little bit it's kind of uncanny because you just in the beginning when you were talking about oh I wanted to actually be in like acting and music and la 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 and yeah. I was like oh my god it's like she's read my diary yes <laughs> that was the same with me too I was in like choir and in drama and musical theater and that's all I, I could see doing. that I totally I totally could see that you yeah yeah I could that part of your personality being like, yeah, yeah. I wanted to sing on stage. I sang and played the piano all the time. Like oh anybody gosh, I play the piano too. Shut up. Oh my God. How long did you take lessons for Rosalind? Um, I took, I took it for a couple years as like a 
like when I was five or six, stopped for a while, then went back as a teenager for a little bit. Yeah. And then, and then I was put in competitions and didn't like that. So, yeah. Well, you don't want to do it for competition. You want to do it so you can learn how to play your cool songs. And yeah, I ended up joining a studio that was like top of their game. And, and even though like, I kind of enjoyed it, it wasn't what it was about. So then I just, I kind of veered more into the singing at that point. So dude. Yeah. Wow. Oh my gosh. So many things, Rosalind. (laughs) Next time we talk, we're going to find something else that I'm like, rip me me too. What? (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) All right. So tell everybody how they can find you, how they can talk to you. Tell, tell us how we can find Rosalind. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. So yeah. So I, as uh, you mentioned in the beginning, I'm on Akasha Flix also. So my, you know, my show is um, energy reset. Mm -hmm. And so I do a monthly topic, um, just speaking from an energetic perspective this month is on, uh, so this is February. So this is about, um, the energy of relationships and dealing with triggers. Mm-hmm. And I do a comprehensive energy clearing in that, um, you can follow me on Facebook and Instagram, mm-hmm. Rosalind K Santos RN. Mm-hmm. Um, my, it's my website's rosalindksantos.com. Mm-hmm. So, um, that is, so when you go there, then you can see what classes I have every other month. I do a four week energy clearing program. I have classes on the months in between. So next week I'm going to be doing a class on where love goes wrong. So talking about how we distort love in different kinds of relationships and what that can mean, like how we end up exhibiting love or receiving love um versus what love really does for us and then i'm again doing always incorporating an energy clearing Mm. so um but yeah so that's so that's basically what i have so i have group things individual services coaching packages for people who want energy coaching dealing with different things um later on this year i'll be doing um another mentoring program Mm -hmm. for healers coaches people who are interested in kind of just the structure form. I'm sorry if you hear noise out there. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So just kind of structuring your business from the ground up so that way you don't feel like you have to work backwards. So I'll be sharing my experiences just with how I grew mine while working full time, having a family, like how did, how did I do that? Yeah. Trust me, I fumbled around with that a lot. So that's, so that's the stuff that I'll be sharing. So it's not purely like financial, purely business. It's more of, in, if you're in the healing arts in some capacity, what what does it look like? What's normal? What can I expect? And other, I'll be sharing like how I grew, different ways to consider, and also just even like the structure of everything. You, we have to have that in place in order to feel like we kind of know what direction we're headed in. So I'll be sharing a lot of that. Um, that's and that's later on this year. So. Yeah looking forward to all the stuff you got a lot of stuff coming up queen that's amazing (laughs) thank you thank you yeah i'm excited it's gonna be a good year gonna be a really good year Mm -hmm. all right you guys so that pretty much covers today and be sure to go check out Rosalind and her website and all the energy clearings and all the workshops she has she has lots of amazing stuff and somebody as somebody who has had an energy clearing from Rosalind it is exceptional so if you haven't had it done before I highly suggest getting one done for her it is incredible 
<laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so anyway, you guys, I love you all. Thank you for being here with me. Don't forget to like and subscribe to the podcast. Don't forget to check out uh, Akasha Flicks to look at all the spiritual and high vibe content. And um, I love you guys. Thank you for being here with me. And I look forward to talking at you again. Until then, love and light to you all. you loved this episode, please share it. Share it with somebody that you love. Share it with somebody that you think might need this information. And please be sure to check out all of the classes and the workshops that I have available on Akasha Flicks. You can also check out my Instagram and TikTok and my website for weekly pick a cards. Every Monday I do a pick a card so that you can high vibe for the rest of the week. And I have lots of really amazing in-person classes if you're in the Brentwood, Antioch, Oakley area lots of lots of in-person classes and different things so check everything out dm me for a reading or for spiritual coaching i'm here for it you guys and until the next episode love and light to you all